talk a little bit about how I came to this subject. I was in the middle of one of those smoky, smoky fall days. I was listening to the radio in the car, and there was a doctor on there talking about allostatic load, which was a new term for me. Uh, it's the burden that stress places on our bodies, the collective cumulative mess, right? The wear and tear. And we're not talking about acute stress, like, uh, you know, panic, put on the brakes. That's a different kind of stress. We're talking chronic stress, right? Um, it's extra toxifying and acidifying. And, you know, if you think about folks who are actually going through really big crises, long-term crises, like, you know, the fire season in California or, you know, floods or famines or refugee camps and all those things, they have this ongoing um, fight or flight chemical flow going, which is pretty rough on your body. Um, but I think that anybody, you know, facing something like cancer or diabetes or, you know, threat of heart disease, um, may also be somewhat in that spot because they feel vulnerable and there's some lack of agency and there's some urgency to the whole question. Now, part of it has to do with how we perceive the threat, right? If we, um, if we, I mean, if we don't even see it coming, we're not going to stress about it, right? But if we perceive things as this big, whether they are or not, that's the reaction between our brain and our chemistry and the rest of our bodies. And, you know, we know since Plato's times that the mind and the body can't really be entirely treated separately, right? There, there is some sort of isolation wall between them. There's this back and forth going on. So, um, let's scoot on up for a sec. So what are the parts of this? What are the parts that are being taxed here? Our digestion is messed up, our blood pressure is up, our hormones are wonky, cortisol and pH are out of balance, uh, our inflamed joints are causing pain, our breathing is less efficient, and honestly, you do want that oxygen to keep circulating. And it's all a big mess, right? And then we pass all this stress on to our loved ones and our pets and random passersby, to be frank, you know, somebody too close on the supermarket behind you, whatever. It happens. I'm saying theoretically. Um, allostasis is this balancing act that we do. Stasis, like, you know, staying the same. But it's never, um, you know, when you did a handstand as a kid, you didn't just go upright and just stay there magically. There were all these little muscular adjustments all up and down your body to keep yourself upright. And health-wise, that's what we do too. All these micro-adjustments as we go to keep upright, because we all want to stay upright. So how do we start breathing fully, unclenching muscles, you know, put them back down here instead of up here. Stop grinding our teeth and chewing our nails and feeling that acid gurgling up in our throats. That's nasty. Um, for that, though, I will say aloe vera works a treat. Just that one. You can do um, breathing exercises. For example, there's a very good one where you breathe in for four through your nose, hold it for seven, a count of seven, 
and then blow out for a count of eight. And the weird numbering has something special that, I don't know, it just settles people right down. So, and hold it. And then you do it a few times, either you'll get dizzy or you'll feel better, one or the other. Any hoozlebees. Um, there are herbs out there like ashwagandha for just anti-anxiety, but please, please ask your doctor to check out any conflict with medications that you might be taking. So one remedy for my taste is soup, because you're gonna sit there with a big steamy bowl, right? And, and you know, you just have to be a little bit mindful about it and actually just enjoy it. But why does it work, right? Because we talk about the hows and whys. Why, why does soup work so well? Well, it gives us a feeling of fullness, which calms us down, right? That lizard brain, right? When it's fed, it can chill out a little bit. It warms us from the inside, so that helps us relax a bit. It actually helps, um, you know, relax muscles and relax all our clenching and, you know, just everything relaxes physically a little bit and mentally. And then we all have some positive memories. We feel cared for, right? Soup is affordable. So that's one less stress thing off the ticket, right? There will be leftovers. So that's another stress reducer. And a one pot meal, of course, is really easy. And it turns right into a good habit once you're really you know, good at it. And then it's nice to share with other people for a warm fuzzy. And everybody needs a warm fuzzy right about now. on an actually physical, biochemical level, um, soup provides a concentration of, and a variety of vegetables and a lot of fiber. So you can toss a whole lot of nutrients in the blender there and get all kinds of immune system boosters and uh, antioxidants and all just jammed right into the blender, right? And the high fiber as well is gonna help the whole digestive thing go better. That nutrient density that, you know, for one cup of food, there can be more nutrition in it. That's a nice advantage. Gives you a little extra hydration. Never, never a bad thing. Um, without any kind of animal proteins or fats, it gives you that satiated feeling of being full, which may put off other cravings. So you may not need to go checking out for bad snacky foods, right? Um, homemade food, of course, has a lot less sodium, so that's gonna help your blood pressure. And then literally warming you from the, from the inside, not metaphorically, but your actual temperature, helps your respiratory system in cold season. Helps, again, it helps it relax a little bit. All right. This is one of my favorite comics. Um, Mutts by Patrick McDonald. I don't actually share my soup with my dogs, by the way, they get their own stuff. All right, so here's another thing that should be a stress reducer. You don't even need a recipe to do this, right? You can make your own rich, yummy, hearty soups out of pretty much any old thing in the crisper. You do need maybe a heavy bottom pot 
and uh, a flavorful fresh produce selection, right? And possibly a blender, a stick blender is a really lovely thing. This is one of my all-time favorite kitchen tools because you just put it in anything, you're gonna make something. What a magic. So, our process for just thinking about soup and putting everything together. Um, what's in season? What's grabbing your attention? When you went to the farmer's market, what called out your name? Did you get a CSA, you know, a farm box delivered to your house? What's in there? You can work with that, right? What appeals to you on a visceral level? Go with it. Go with it. Your body wants it. Next, you're going to figure out which of the savory flavorings go with this particular thing. Shallots are kind of right in the middle of everything, so they go with an awful lot of things, but especially well with your pumpkins and squashes and whatnot. Your garlic, of course, anything tomatoey. Um, onion is going to be great with any of your brassicas, garlic sometimes too, or a mix. And leeks, of course, can just go with your potatoes and just be their own thing. They're, they're their own particular flavor. And then your secondary flavorings are going to be your herbs, your basil, oregano, sage, thyme, lemongrass if you're making a pho, laurel goes in nice stews, bay laurel, and dill, which we're going to use today. And then your spices, paprika, ginger, pepper, chili flakes, nutmeg, all that is going to be your next layer of flavor. You're going to decide which of your healthy fats goes along properly. Your olive oil, sesame oil, um, your butter, butter substitute. Any of these that are not going to just overpower all the other flavors. Um, I would recommend, for example, something flavored coconut, unless you're doing perhaps a pumpkin coconut curry kind of a soup. Then it's awesome. And if this is going to be a creamy soup, you're going to figure out, well, how do I make it creamy? Potato, sweet potato, cashew milk. You can actually just throw the cashews right in there when you run through the blender. They're so nice and soft and fatty that they'll just turn into creaminess. You can use uh, yogurt or sour cream non-dairy substitutes. And the very soft tofu can also make this creamy. So just pick whichever one goes with the rest of your flavors. So just kind of you're going to line them up um, as we have. And um, it's basically pick one from each column, right? So your main veg, your savories, your herbs and spices, your oils, liquids, your creamy stuff. So you're going to pick which from each of these columns you would like to put together, which go together. So we're gonna go ahead and cook over here. Uh, we are gonna do one of these. We're going to cook a creamy borscht. Now I will tell you, I did not like beets for most of my life. And my mom insisted every summer that I tried those boiled beets and you know, you know, the more somebody tries to make you like, sure, you're gonna like them this year. No, you're not, but one cold wintery day in New York City, I went down to 
village and I went to the Ukrainian section at a little restaurant that doesn't exist anymore called the Kiev. And I had a creamy borscht with a, um, a challah bread, Swiss cheese and tomato, I don't eat cheese anymore, but Swiss cheese and tomato, you know, grilled sandwich. And I was in heaven, seriously in heaven. Um, so ever since then I've been making this, I've had friends come in from working on a, on a job out in bad weather. And honestly, they were great when they came into lunch, they looked terrible. And I thought, oh, hang on, I can fix you up right now. And by the time they finished with this soup, their pink little cheeks were all glowy. So uh, I won't say it could actually bring you back from the dead, but it could bring you back from a really bad day. So I am going to move us over to this camera, uh, if I can. I'm gonna pause share and then go over here, I think. Is this Mina? I don't know. Maybe I'll stop. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's okay. There we are. So over here we have our, this is a vegan butter right here. We're gonna put that right in there. And like I say, we start with our savories, right? We're gonna start with the onion, right? This beautiful purpley onion, torpedo onions that I grew this summer in my garden. Starting a little glassy. What we want is a glassy look to the inside. And I pick it up. Let me get them going. You know what I mean? It's just a little bit shiny, a little bit more transparent than they used to be. I'm going to turn up that heat a little bit more. Just a tiny little burner. All right, and of course, you know the Allium family has plenty of beneficial um, properties because um, it has that organic sulfur, which is not the same sulfur that's found in the ground, uh, which has a whole bunch of cancer fighting properties. Um, but the onions and the garlics and all that tend to be really good around cold and flu season as well. Just a tight knot at everything. And get that going. Maybe a little hotter. Get going, guys. It's always weird cooking on something that's not your regular stove. Maybe it's a regular burner from class. And the next thing that we're going to put in will be some dill. Now, if you can grow your own, lovely. It grows best in the spring around here. It's kind of a cool weather crop and it goes to seed by the time it gets very warm. But it's very, very easy to dry a whole bunch of it and just put it aside for later in something airtight and, you know, bug proof and whatnot. Right? So we're going to take a big old pinch of that. And depends how much dill you actually like. Let's be honest, not everybody is over the moon for it, but I like it a whole bunch. I like it nice and strong. Okay, get these guys going.
Come on, y'all. Cook along. Now I'm saving just a little bit because I'm gonna garnish with that, and you'll see how pretty this soup can be. Still need to get you going. Come on, Bubby. Cook. Cook, please. Okay. Okay, come on. Getting there. Just watching the beans, right? All right. We'll start to see stuff look a little shiny and transparent. Let's know what we want before we get to the next step. So our next one, after this point, I should say that what you want to do um, is put things in in order of density because that's going to determine the cooking time. Assuming that we've cut things in similar size pieces, we're going to talk um, order of density because that will determine how long each thing takes to cut. So the beets are slightly more dense than the potatoes, and the cabbage over here uh, is really mostly fiber and water. So that's going to cook much quicker and it's going to cook down, it looks like a lot right now, but it's gonna cook down pretty quick where the beets will not. And as we're putting this in, we're gonna give our beets a big toss here. All right, beautifuls. These also just came out of the garden this morning, frankly. So they should be extra super luscious. Beets also have a cancer-fighting component called betaine or betaline, um, and it's wonderful stuff, but you, uh, you don't want to cook beets for too terribly long because after 15 minutes, they start to lose some of their nutritional benefits. So we cut them in reasonable size pieces so we're not cooking everything away. When you're cooking into a soup, you're gonna lose a lot less than if you, you know, boiled or steamed or, or other things where the nutrients can go away in the water. We could take a second here to add a little bit of salt to ourselves. And I had here the olive oil because that would work perfectly as well in this particular soup. As long, like I said, I mean the beet flavor will be strong. It's going to have a lot of flavor, but um, you never want to have an oil that's, you know, stronger taste than your, your main component. So, after that, we're going to put in our potatoes. And we're starting to pick up speed now. This guy's going, yeah. How are you doing at home? Are you about the same place? Would you, would you let me know how you're doing? I would love to hear if you've got all your, um, all your ingredients going. Are things looking more or less like this? I don't think I can get anybody's comments from Facebook. So, um, I'm hoping you're hearing me because I'm in a little bubble here. Um, but if you're on the Zoom meeting, and I wish you were, um, you could jump in and tell me. 
So I'm gonna put the cabbage in here next. Beautiful stuff. And all these things that are, um, you know, dark reds and purples like this have a ton of antioxidants. Um, everything purple pretty much has that, um, that anthocyanins, right? That goes with purple pigments in practically every vegetable that's purple. And uh, it, even, so I grow some purple, purple string beans and honestly, uh, the purple cooks away, but apparently the anthocyanins do not, which is lovely. Okay, so we got all our main ingredients in here. And remember, as I said before, the flavors in plant foods are mainly coming from volatile oils. Um, and that requires, you know, it requires, our fats are in here, our oils are in here to help spread the flavor around properly so that we can, um, you know, have that taste distributed throughout the entire soup. And then also some of our vitamins can only be broken down. Um, they're only uh, fat soluble, not water soluble. So there's a bunch of reasons to have just a little bit of a healthy fat in here. And then what we're gonna do, we're just going to cover the vegetables with water. Just enough. Not too much. We don't we don't want sad watery thin soup. Alright, we're gonna let that rip for a little while. And hopefully it's gonna boil and get nice and tender very, very quickly. Okay. So let's see here. Now I have to figure out how I get back. Um, uh, let's see. I may be in trouble here. I don't know how to get back. I have no idea what I'm doing with this thing. How about that? Hmm, yeah. Okay, so well, we're seeing it like this. Um, let me try that. Okay, I'm back. Hi there. All right, now I need to be able to find share screen. Let's get back to that real quick. And, all right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I have no idea what that's about. Okay, um, so we are going on from here. So I wanted to give you an example. So just like these, um, just like the, the columns that I gave you, right? We'd see onion plus dill plus the cabbage and beets plus the potato, veggie broth or water, and eventually put it in the, the yogurt to make it creamier, the sour cream. So for another example, we have a butternut squash soup. Now I'll say at a time, you should always just bake your butternut squash whole for a little while. It'll make it so much easier to cut and scoop the seeds out of. So then we're gonna start off same exact process. Shallots first, then sage, 
the red bell pepper, some potato, your squash. So it's the red bell pepper and the potato and squash are your principal vegetables there. Veggie broth, for example, and a vegan yogurt to give a little tang. And then you'd be all set there. And let's see. Here's one I like a whole bunch. Carrot and sun-dried tomato. And this has so much vitamin A in it. It's really wonderful. All the carotenoids that are in there, which are terrific antioxidants for you. So we have, we can start with shallots. Um, and shallots, I think they're terribly underrated and overpriced, to be honest. Uh, you can definitely grow your own. You put one in the ground and you get a bunch later. Um, but shallots, plus the dill, plus some carrots and potato, again, because we're going to try and make a little creamy, a little rich. Um, and the sun-dried tomatoes, actually the sun-dried tomatoes could go in um, with the dill because that's really the flavor you want to get all through there. And then I just throw in a bunch of cashews. That's going to be what makes it creamy, but since I'm putting them in, you know, with everything else, um, it's not that like adding the creamy thing at the end. So anyway, you toss that right in there and your veggie broth. And then again, just like this, you're going to boil it down a little bit till everything's soft enough to run through the wizard. And then there you are, right? This one doesn't actually need any more creamy stuff added. Here's a different kind of soup. Uh, I like to make a corn and poblano pepper chowder. So chowder by definition, that Manhattan thing, that is not a chowder. Chowder by definition has to have some sort of a milky base to it and potatoes. So for the corn chowder, we would start out with onion and some parsley. It has a ton of vitamin C and a bunch of other great nutrients in there. White pepper. And by the way, pepper, um, black pepper more, but pepper in general uh, helps other nutrients be more bioavailable. That's a nice thing to do, huh? Anyway, and then you get that poblano pepper in there. You know, the really big, very dark green ones that are used for stuffing that are just a little zippy, not super hot, but just a little zippy, you know? And you get your chunks of potato in there and your corn, just cut it right off the cob, and a little bit of veggie broth just to cover as we did here. And then once everything's cooked, you're just gonna add in a little bit of, you know, non-dairy milk, a cashew milk is good, or a cashew cream unsweetened, no vanilla, that, you know, plain, plain, plain. Um, and just give it that richness, you know, and then just let it simmer super low, just until all the flavors get through the creamy part. It's a really easy one to do. It's, it's perfect, perfect for this time of year, when the summer vegetables are kind of just on their way out. Alrighty. So I'll just go over the process one more time. When you're ready to start, you're gonna warm up a few tablespoons, a couple of tablespoons of your nice healthy oil. You're gonna add your savories, whether it's onion or garlic or shallots or leeks or scallions or chives, whichever. Uh, and then, you know, just get that, that glassy, a little transparent 
thing where the, um, the onion and the oil have kind of flavored each other and then add in your herbs so that exchange keeps going along. And then while that's cooking, you get your main veggies all chopped, right, including your potato. And then as we did, we add the savories in in order of hardness. Potatoes, obviously, before kale. Your greens, particularly if you're doing something like a minestrone um, or a brothy soup and, you're, and you'd like the greens to be uh, not much, don't add them in until the very end right, because they will liquefy. Particularly spinach and the ones that are more tender, they're not so great for soups. You can make a really great um, kind of a, a garbanzo stew, just off the top of my head, a little garlic, a little onion, right, and then you're gonna put in there some um, paprika and bay laurel, get everything flavored up, and then your main thing here is really gonna be garbanzos. Right, you're gonna get them in the pot, get them all flavored up. And then you're gonna add a bit of um, pureed tomato and the veggie broth. And then, what's missing here? A little bit of salt and pepper. And at the last, like two minutes, you're gonna add in your chopped up either kale or chard or um, collards can go nicely in there but really at the last minute, so it's not just, you know, green soup, right? You wanna keep it a nice stew. You wanna know what's what, you know, it's, um, it's hearty, it's, it's great for fall, it's filling, but again, one pot dinner. So, once we got everything going, as we did, we add, water or some low sodium vegetable broth, just enough to cover. You can salt at that point or earlier, um, but you wanna just get it the way you like it. And, and honestly, the soups that you find in a can, and even if you look at the, uh, the little bouillons, there's something like 600 milligrams of salt in there. That's enough to stop your heart just like that. I mean. Honestly, it's a huge amount of salt. It's ridiculous. The big advantage to homemade soup, aside from it tastes better, is that it's not gonna, in one bowl, raise your blood pressure. I'm kidding, of course. Obviously, like one salty thing is not gonna raise your blood pressure, but it is so extreme. It's between sometimes 600 and 800 milligrams. It's really way, way, way too much salt for anybody to eat at one single meal. It's just not nice. So anyway, back to us. Um, let everything simmer until your veggies are nice and tender. And then if it's creamy soup, you're gonna cook a little bit longer so that stuff will run through your blender the way it's supposed to. Here's another thing I should mention is that with your blender, um, make sure you have one with a metal foot, right? The, the part that goes into the soup, make sure that it's metal, not plastic. I have made the mistake of getting it in there when things were, when the heat was still on and you end up with this cattywampus shape, it's all a big mess and throw out your blender, you're done, no soup for you. So uh, definitely get the metal one and just, just mental note there. Okay, so then you're gonna use your stick blender. If you're gonna pour it into a regular blender, again, it should be glass, not plastic. Um, you should really wait until it's, cooled down to a reasonable temperature, you put it back in the pot and warm it some more. 
but you know, make sure you're not going to burn yourself or do anything life threatening there. Um, whatever you're adding in as that creamy bit at the end, if it's a creamy soup, the tofu, the yogurt, the sour cream, you can add that in while you're blending. Uh, if it's not creamy enough, just add a little bit more. You can adjust it, you know, taste a little bit, adjust a little bit. And then after you've done it a time or two, you'll just, you'll just know. You'll just have the whole thing eyeballed, you know? So then your option is, should I garnish? Do I need croutons, a squirt of lemon? Um, things like a pozole soup. Uh, like a pozole soup is going to have on top of the, the hominy corn and vegetables and everything else. Uh, when they make it in Mexico, they're going to put some meat on there, but actually you really don't have to. But on top of that, you're going to put either shredded cabbage or, um, or shredded lettuce on top, an extra bunch of oregano on there, and then a good squirt of lime. And it's fabulous, really fabulous. And then we should mention to you, oh, wait, I want to mention this. Um, you can definitely freeze soup or just put it in a jar for later. And by the way, if you have made a pilaf or a noodle dish and you have some lovely, um, some lovely leftovers, take that low sodium veggie broth and upcycle it into a soup. So then one last thing, and I can stop doing this right now. Okay, one last thing is you can choose your ingredients well, right? Choose your vegetables well. If you can get to the farmer's market, wonderful. If you can sign up for uh, a farm box, you know, where they deliver to your house every week, that's great. You'll always know what's in um, season and what's local and what's fresh. Those guys are great. They pick the day before they deliver to you. They're absolutely wonderful. Um, if you can find a farm stand, that's good too. If you have a good grocery store that's, that's nice with their vegetables that really makes an effort, that's also wonderful. Um, but do take a look out there for your superfoods, the things that are really dark and rich and um, you know, dark, deep colors like these purples and dark reds and your dark leafy greens are great and your deep reds and your deep oranges. Um, your pumpkins and your squashes of all kinds. Um, dig in. The more color, the more nutrition, the more flavor, right? Because you're not going to do it if you don't enjoy it. I mean, willpower is only going to get you so far, huh? You know, you really need to go ahead and get, um, uh, get a liking for it, you know, get some joy out of it. If it doesn't make you feel good, you'll do it once. You know, well, I did that. Mm -hmm. not going back you know but if you if you do it once and it's not too hard and you go I think I've got this and the flavor and the smell and the the yum going down your pipes makes you happy that you might do a second time or maybe a third time or, or change it up adjust it you know, do something a little bit different the next time. Just work with whatever's in the fridge, right? You can make cream of asparagus, you can make cream of celery. I, I don't know if it sounds like from 100 years ago. 
you can do all kinds of things with whatever you have once you sort of have this formula um, worked out, right? And most of all, don't stress about it. Really, we want this to be stress relief, right? We want you to, to be able to sit on the porch with a big soup mug and a spoon, maybe a blanket on your lap, and maybe the, you know, maybe the dog or cat sitting by your side and just go, mm, fall's a good season. I feel better now, right? So um, we are now doing this over here. We are at a full boil. Let's see if we can switch over here. Yep. Alrighty. Oh, steamy. Steamy and yummy. Okay. This is good. This is good. This is good. All right. So I'm going to turn this off. Gonna fire up the wizard. Right? Woohoo. See what I mean? That's the, the metal piece right there. So it doesn't melt on the bottom of my pot. And again, as I, as I said before, you definitely want a heavy bottom pot because you don't want to be burning and sticking when you're cooking them for a little while. Well, you're going to put something in the pan. Wait until it stops boiling, especially if it's actual dairy, because um, if you put dairy stuff into boiling soup, it will separate out the whey and the curd, and you will have weird globs of cottage cheesy unpleasant looking stuff. What I want is pretty soup. I want gorgeous. I want color. I want flavor. I want amazing. I want all. I want you to have it all. Honestly, I want you to just love this. Okay, look at that deep, red, rich, yummy fall color. Feeling the love? Okay, so there's that, and it's still going a little bit. I need to, oh, I don't have a place to put it that's not hot. Let me lift for a sec. Hold it. Okay, so then what I'm going to use is this almond milk based uh, sour cream, but you can use an almond milk based yogurt or anything at all like it that suits your fancy. Something that's going to give a little bit of tang and a lot of creaminess, right? I would like this to stop boiling. I really don't want it to do that to me. Hang on, I'm going to make this just a tiny bit smoother. Alright, look at that. Just lovely. But I wouldn't like it to stop cooking. Stop cooking. Okay. So, that's not helping me at all. Ah. Anyway, I'm going to do it, but I, I warned you, you will. It's really too hot. Shoot. Okay, we're just going to wing it. This may not be as pretty as I wanted. 
All right, I'm gonna put this in here. Hopefully it doesn't do the same thing that dairy does. And we're gonna get this magical fuchsia color. Okay, that's smooth and it's thick and it's warm and it's full of amazing nutrition. So I would serve it up like so. Beautiful red color. And then I would take just a little bit more of the creamy stuff and swirl it in. Make a little island. A little bit of a swirl. Alright, so it looks a little pretty. It's not all one color. It's a little bit marbled look there. And then, then I'm going to sprinkle a little extra dough on top. How about that? Are you hungry yet? Well, hopefully you've been making this at home along with me. And I'm hoping that means your dinner is ready. And, and bon appetit, right? Hopefully you're hungry. Hopefully you're feeling like, oh, this is going to really revive me. And I'm going to be all set. Um, let me just double check back here one last time on our screen sharing. Stop that. There we are. Um, yes. Yes, there's the last thing I need to mention. So you can always find us on producewithapurpose.net. That is where all the information is. Um, the background, the farm, the pictures, the oh, links to everything else that we do, um, the links to our YouTube channel. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're also at producewithapurpose.thinkific.net or .com, sorry. Uh, and that's where all the recipes are. Um, let me see if I can get this back. Nope, back to me. Hello. There we are. Okay. Um, yes. So the recipes are at producewithapurpose.thinkific.com. You just have to sign up and everything's free there. Don't worry about that. Um, so one of the things you can find as well on our website is a link to sign up for our newsletter. So before we do classes, I always send out a newsletter. Um, it's got the invitation to the event and it's got the, uh, usually the recipe. And it's also got a, a list of what's in season, tells you what's going on the farm here. Uh, it's got a bunch of little resources and a few articles. Quick, light, scroll through, get what you need. But anyway, go ahead to producewithapurpose.net and sign up so that 
you never miss a lesson with us. Um, and I just want to thank you for being with us, for sharing with us, and I hope you're taking the very, very best care of yourself. Um, stay safe, stay well, eat well, and um, hopefully we'll see you again in two weeks. Bye now.